When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so uh, to start the fabulous fifth hour, and we're looking at the college football scene, landscape, and the playoff. Uh, I mentioned this to start the 8 o'clock hour, but I think it's interesting. Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews is a bookmaker for 40 years. 40 years of bookmaker. You can find him on on, uh, Twitter, at Andrews Sports. He has handicapped hypothetical college football games that won't be played or maybe will be played down the road here. He has Georgia as a 15-point favorite over Florida State if they were playing on a neutral site today. Michigan is a 12-point favorite over FSU. Georgia, he has Georgia as an 8-point favorite over Texas today, neutral site. Michigan, a 5-point favorite over Texas, neutral site. Um, And here's where it gets interesting. He has Georgia as a 1-point favorite over Oregon, handicapped. And which means basically he has Georgia and Oregon dead even. Dan Landing, of course, came from Georgia. Remember they played to start the year last year and in the in Atlanta in a neutral side game, uh, and Georgia absolutely pummeled Oregon uh, to start last season, not this year. Uh, but now obviously Dan Landing's added to his team from that point. But that's the, the handicapper Georgia by one. He's got Oregon as a two point favorite over Michigan. Yes. Uh, Georgia as a 10-point favorite over Washington. Michigan as a 7-point favorite over Washington. Texas a 7-point favorite over Florida State. So since if you read through that, I mean, he's got Oregon rated, power rated, pretty even, even with, with Michigan and Georgia. So those, according wow. to Andrew Sports and 40 years of handicapper, he has those as your three best college football teams right now. And he's got uh, Texas in that mix, you know, just right, you know, right in there with you know, probably the fourth team, but better than Florida State right now. So uh, is that how it plays? I think, I think most people who are college football fans would love to see Georgia win, Oregon win, Michigan win, and Texas win, and then Florida State struggle and or lose, and your final four would be you know, Texas playing Georgia, Oregon playing Michigan in the semifinal. Here, the, the, one that, the one that jumps out at me is Michigan by five over Texas. Like, Michigan's strength is their running game. They haven't been passing on – they haven't passed on many teams, and that's Texas's strength. So to say that is – So you would feel confident Texas playing Michigan, I, that Texas I, could win the game? I would love that matchup. Okay. Uh, the, the Georgia matchup scares me. Their passing game is pretty pretty <laughs> dynamic. Uh, Mike Bobo is doing a good job. Uh, Carson Beck's a good quarterback. Carson Beck, I thought he was a game manager no. the way he started the year and kind of watching him, and he has turned into a very good quarterback. He is. I, I'm very impressed by him. Yeah. George is impressive. Well, and but are they as impressive? Uh, you know, they've got to beat Alabama tomorrow. We talked about Nick Saban's stats in that game and his dominance in Atlanta and all those things. I uh, can't wait to see that game. I'm going to be watching watching that, uh, you know, up in the, up in the, the Big D. But um, so looking forward to seeing it. Uh, but Texas at 11. But so that's thinking that this perspective. I, I do think you know Texas has a chance to be one of the four best teams when we come in here on Monday. I mean, that's obviously when Rod comes back Monday. Um, you know, there's a chance the Longhorns are in the Final Four. But I do think our conversation with Quan Cosby was pretty revealing. We talked to Quan in the 8 o'clock hour. If you missed that, he's headed up today. He'll be at the game. 
He said uh, he's planning to be present and really just enjoy a Big 12 championship if they can win it uh, because the rest will be great, but at the same time celebrate this team. The, the, they, haven't, they haven't won a Big 12 championship since Quan. The year after Quan left was the year they won the Big 12 championship last, 2009. That's been that long. Uh, that's a drought. That's really inexcusable. We know all the reasons for it. Mac Brown flailing at the end, and you know the the leadership changes at the top. The you know athletic director Steve Patterson, bad coaching hires, all of it. But it, that's that's pretty shameful that for 15 years the Longhorns didn't win a Big 12 championship. They only played in one. Um, it's a fact. We had, uh, we had some rough years. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a you know you know it's not too dissimilar than the stretch the program went through between you know Fred Akers. To Mac Brown now, you know, I mean, not Fred Akers from from Daryl Royal to Mac Brown. Now Fred Akers was really good. Um, he had some bad luck. He could have won a national championship in there in the late seventies, early eighties. Just really good teams, really great defenses. Earl Campbell, that kind of stuff. But so it wasn't as dramatic. But from from Fred Akers on, because Fred Akers, remember, was a fracture in the program. Uh, Daryl Royal wanted to promote his, and Daryl Royal was the athletic director. And Daryl wanted to promote his defensive coordinator, Mike Campbell, to, to replace him. Uh, the powers that be decided, no, that's not a good idea. We want to go get Fred Akers. And that sent a rift into the program that, it, you know, Fred Akers was never supported like he should have been uh, in a lot of people's mind. Or it shouldn't have been because it should have been whoever Daryl wanted. Uh, so politics played a big hand at that. Then when Fred was out, that stretch was really bad. I mean, from the mid-'80s through Mac Brown in 1999 – or 98 rolling in here, it was it was bad. I mean, and John that was McAfee, my youth. Yeah. <laughs> the McWilliams. Yeah. Uh, that era. Uh, you know, and John McAvick had the most success, of course, won a Big 12 championship back in the mid-'90s, the first one. But, again, not not great. I mean, still three, four lost teams even when, when he was winning the Big 12. And then was out after a four and seven year, and we know the story. And then Mac Brown came in, and much like we're seeing Steve Sarkeesian, you know, the BBs came back together, and, um, you know, Texas went on this run. And it does feel like Sark, coming out of the 15 years from 2010 to now, or the 13 years, that Sark is starting to build this thing like Mac was, with recruiting classes, with connecting with people, uh, building culture. Still not perfect, you know. I mean, gosh, go back to year three of Mac Brown. There were – that was Rod. I mean, Rod was on the, those teams. Rod was on the second year and into the third, uh, getting blown out by Oklahoma – being called Coach February, right? Uh, soft. The program was soft. Uh, Oklahoma, Bob Stoops was your daddy and that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> but obviously, Mac turned that. And, um, you know, the good times came from 2002 on and national championships and Rose Bowls and all the way through 2009. But it hasn't been back since. Point of that is, be present tomorrow if you're going to the game, if you're watching the game. and you don't, don't get too caught up in what's not going to happen for you. Enjoy what's happening. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we're – if you've watched this team this year, we can tend to be a different team every week, and we've had some some ups and downs, and and I think we're riding a high right now. But this is this is not a there's no cakewalk tomorrow. There's no foregone conclusion of a win. You've got to come bring it tomorrow and 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 play play your best against Oklahoma State if you want if you want to win. Yeah, stay on the mission. There's no um, pushover. Well, I mean, and, and they're doing a good job, I think, of borrowing. Well, I mean, I think I think uh, Sam Mays said it perfectly just last hour that, uh, you know, just don't let Oak State hang around. Yep. If you're going to beat them, beat them. That's been the story of our year. Don't let them hang around because when they do, yeah. we, we, we make it exciting. Yeah. We, now, they've shown the championship winning medal at the end of games Agreed. outside of the Oklahoma game, 
which is the one that, that you know, the one lost. But, uh, you know, the K-State game with the, the goal line stand and the, the Houston game where there was some good fortune there, the TCU game, uh, when they were able to, to get the big fourth down throw to, to A.D. Mitchell or third down throw to A.D. Mitchell. But, you know, since it's almost like through the, when, they, when they survived the K-State game through the injury to, to Quinn. Because remember, Quinn got hurt in that Houston game. Yep. And that's where the real – and who knows if that game is even close if Quinn doesn't get hurt, right? Quinn gets hurt in the late third quarter, middle third quarter of that game, and Malik had to navigate it. And I think, you know, tightened up the play calling, got much more conservative. It was already tight at that point, though. It was. Yeah. Because remember, Texas was blowing them out. twenty-one nothing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we know how the game swung before the half, and all of a sudden Houston's back in it. But who knows? If Quinn Ewer stays in the game, maybe they stretch it back out. Uh, but when Malik had to come in, now all of a sudden you're, you're going conservative, and you, you had to find some good fortune to win the game. But the fact that they won that game, and then they survived the K-State game the, the next week, and were able to get Quinn back on the field – um, and you know, in the, in the TCU, survive TCU. Well, yeah, I mean, but it does feel like there was something in that Tech game where you know they they and the really the, the Iowa State game where where there there was just kind of a you know back to the scene of the crime as Sark called it and 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 a come together moment and they win that game by ten. They there get was out a of the, quiet confidence in the Iowa State game. You could feel just it. just getting out of there with that. And also, okay, now we got Tech. Now we can pound a mud hole into these guys and make amends for last year. And then we can go win a Big 12 title. We'll see. I mean, that's kind of the feel of this team. That the right now, just based on the Tech game, they're playing their best football. Uh, they put together a four-quarter, three-phase football game. In the, the as Rod said on Monday, the red zone offense is going to be the red zone offense. Uh, it's going to be a struggle. But now Sark's taking the field goals. Sark's willing to take. I means let let Brett Auburn kick five field goals if he has to. Uh, that's you know 15 points. We'll take it. And, uh, you know, our defense is that good. And our special teams, I mean, the, the game against Tech was, the, you know, maybe the best special teams game this program's ever played, or at least uh, one of the best. I mean, when you make five field goals and you return a kick for a touchdown and you, um, block, you know, a block a punt yeah. and all the things they did and the kick returns or the punt returns for Xavier. Uh, and remember, Texas Tech had a really good special teams unit coming into that game. And our, Joey McGuire said after the game, if you had told me one thing before this game, that would have shocked me. It was be, that we would get dominated in special teams. He felt like they had an advantage. Their in punter special got, teams. got first team All Big Twelve yeah. over Ryan Sanborn, the kicker. And, which, and, like Joey, people mad. Joey McGuire went into that game believing that was their that was a chance they had to make mm-hmm. some things happen. And instead, Jeff Banks and Joe D. Camillus and the Texas special teams totally flipped that and made it a huge advantage. Texas, and so we'll see. Can they carry that over? I mean, I, I you know, it's I, I thought if you heard Sam Mays in in a real practical way last hour, really Oklahoma State shouldn't be in this game. I mean, he said that he believes Ollie Gordon's the best player on the field. I mean, we would get a debate about that, but Sam Mays <laughs> said he thinks the best player is Ollie Gordon. And I can't – I mean, I've watched him, and I can't wait to watch him again. But, I mean, I mean Sam Gordon's seen a lot of real good running backs. Or Sam Mays. A lot of real good players. Uh, but then he said the next 10 would be Texas players, right? And that's the difference in this game. If you, if you give them Ollie Gordon, the next 10 picks would be Longhorns. I, I'd challenge I with Xavier Worthy. I think Xavier Worthy's a game-changing player. Uh, agreed, uh, or Tavon, and that's the thing. I mean, it's he doesn't touch the ball as much as Ollie. Right. I mean, their offense is built around him. Yeah. And I would say this to Sam Mays' point: you could argue a couple of guys for Texas, Tavondre, um, Jatavian, Jata- you know, eighty. Yeah. I mean, but but you know, you would start with X. Um, so yes, but then the next ten picks would be Texas players. Yeah. And that's the advantage, and so Texas should be able to overwhelm this team, uh, and and build a comfortable lead. And I'm not; it doesn't need to be fifty-seven to seven, but yeah. You know, something, you know, 37 to 17 or 37 to 20 or something along those lines where, as Sam A says, do not let Oklahoma State be in the game. He pointed out that Oklahoma gained over 500 yards 
uh, but they were they let them hang around. And come fourth quarter, they got some homer officiating and, uh, you know, ended up beating the Sooners in the Bedlam game, even though the Sooners felt like they, they had every chance to win that ball game. So don't let them hang around uh, because unlike Houston and maybe unlike K-State, I think this Oak State team, that's kind of how they're built. Uh, they, they're all with, with a, a mature quarterback like Alan Bowman, who's 23 years old, who's you know, got a graduate degree from Michigan. I mean, he's, he's a seasoned player. He won't panic. He'll make good decisions. And um, this is a team you're going to have to beat, but they should beat them uh, pretty comfortably. All right, there you go. There's some Texas talk. We'll do more behind the burn orange curtain coming up. Uh, this is, yes, Steve, we have a field goal kicker. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty good. I like it. And they do have one. Can you have some props to Bert Auburn? You ever done anything with Bert? Yeah, we, I have for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a great kid. And uh, he's got uh, incre- absolutely incredible hair, like it is. And he, he leans impressive. into the hair. Yeah, he's 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 a just a really really sweet guy. Like he's a great guy. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, should have been the hero of the uh, the Oklahoma game, right? If the defense could have held up for another 77 seconds and uh, should have been, you know, the, could have been, would have been, uh, and Texas would be number one in the country. I would also say this to the uh, to the Bird Auburn. Sark said after the game that when he saw Burt Auburn's suit on Bevo Boulevard, and he was wearing the Christmas suit and his hair flowing. And he said, you know, I was kind of worried we might be a little bit tight. And then I saw Burt and the suit and the specialist. I was like, we're, not, we're, we're right where we need to be. Yeah. We're right where we need to be. And let's hope they can carry that into this game where they're, they're playing good, playing to a standard, but playing loose football. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you what, it, one, it, one of the early events we had for, for NIL this year, uh, Burt showed up, and I had a couple of the guys pull me aside and say, Who's that guy? And uh, <laughs> and, and we kind of looked at him like, man, that's uh, that's Bert Auburn. He's the, he's the kicker. And they're like, ah, oh, okay. And I guarantee you, everyone knows Bert now. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Uh, okay, so uh, there's some Texas chatter. Let me let me mention this now. Your your voice a little raspy. I hope you're not coming down with something too. Rod was in here Monday. He's not. He's got the COVID. Not I'm, either. I'm healthy. Uh, not me. Uh, but uh, Ty and you. So you coach youth basketball. I do. I need to know this story. We need to reset this for our nine o'clock, ten o'clock, fabulous fifth hour people. So you are, you're a basketball guy, right? You lived with basketball players. You played. We've told. We've learned you were quite the hoopster <laughs> in high school at uh, at St. Michael's, correct? Three knee surgeries ago, yeah. Three knee surgeries. What was your What was your game? You're not the tallest guy, so you no. were a shooter. Gunner. I was a quick, quick point guard shooter. At <laughs> uh, Austin, Texas. I stayed out of the paint. Uh, well, good, man. But you were a distributor, I'm sure. But so, you know, you grew up with basketball in your blood. So now you coach middle school basketball. Yeah, I, I actually started volunteering uh, coaching when I was a senior in high school. And I I'd roped in. My sister was at St. Austin's at the time. And I, was co- I helped coach her team, I think, when I was a senior in high school. And then I ended up getting roped in by St. Austin's the next year to coach a, to one of their, like, their flag football team. And they happened to have a game right by St. Michael's at St. Gabriel's. And the head basketball coach – who was the JV coach when I was there, came over and, and said, hey, you know, I didn't know you were interested in coaching. You should come coach basketball. And so I ended up coaching the freshman at St. Michael's during college. It was like one of my many odd jobs that I was cobbling together. And uh, that's actually how I ended up meeting Gary Keller because I coached the top. Keller Williams Realty. <laughs> yeah, I coached the top real estate agent in Austin for a long time, Tim Heil. And Tim introduced me to Gary. So that was kind of the, the – but since then, through nieces, nephews, I mean, I don't have kids of my own. So I just – I coach – I've coached a lot of their basketball, soccer, football. But basketball is my main sport. So I'm coaching my seventh-grade nephews, St. Austin's basketball team right now, seventh and eighth grade. And uh, 
you know, you coached this week against the, against the Texas School for the Deaf. Correct. Which I found interesting. I've got uh, my, my, my son, my oldest son married a, a, a lady who is, works at TDS. She does human resources there, and both of her parents are deaf, and they both work there. Her stepfather is the track coach. Uh, and so very familiar with that. And that's, that's a different experience coaching against the, the TD, the Texas TSD. Yeah. It's, it's super impressive to, to watch those kids and, and, and to watch the coaching staff. And I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're awesome. I, I love that, that school and that program. And, uh, sadly they beat us 27, 21, but it is a, it is a little bit different experience cause you end up yelling a little bit more because, and, and it, and it's very odd cause the gym's super quiet cause uh, most, most of the people aren't communicating you, with your with team words. scored 21 points. Right? Yeah, man, I don't, I don't even. We we can talk about that part later. It's uh, we 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 don't have a lot of kids who've played basketball before, so it it's is, a learning experience. This is this is one of the tougher coaching efforts I've ever had. And uh, but but the kids are all, I absolutely love the kids. But we've got a long way to go. But we're honestly they've already made a big progression between game one and game two. And so it's a small school. There are eight kids, eight boys in the eighth grade class. And I think there's like 12 in the seventh grade class. So it's a small, there's not a lot, uh, not a lot of kids coming out for sports. So it's, it's definitely very interesting, but uh, uh, ever, I enjoy it. Have you ever been ejected uh, from a game? Yes, I have. But it, when I was coaching high school, yeah. <laughs> I got a little fire to me, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, when, when refs try to be the center of attention, I don't appreciate it. And I make my mind known. And I actually was, uh, I had, I, I had to, uh, they, they like say Michaels had a rule that if you if you get a you know we had a rule if you get a tech you the kids if they get a tech have to sit out the next game and I got uh, two techs so I had to sit out two games and so we had uh, my brother stepped in and coached uh, for that but yeah I'm I'm a uh, no shortage of opinions <laughs> but I don't yell at the refs as much in seventh and eighth grade private school basketball it's uh, it's it's generally not the refs fault I hope that's the case cuz you cuz I'm assuming you've never been banned from a league like Ty has been banned from coaching at Wea I've, I've been kicked out of audiences before you, what did you say it's a suspension it was like 5 years I'm sure it's lifted it's been lifted <laughs> by now 5 years I will say I'm the only player I f- I believe this is my one record I probably still hold at St. Michaels to be ejected from a game in every single way possible and I was I had four fouls and I'd already had one tech and I uh I came into the lane or this guy came into the lane and I and I you know kind of swatted him I got my fifth foul and he made the layup and then threw the ball at me so I threw the ball back at his face and I so I got my second tech and then the ref just straight ejected me anyway. So I got I had a triple ejection so yeah I was was, yeah my my one year of uh basketball was tie my, in me. my freshman year and I've, I've said it before but I, I think I was ejected or fouled out for of at least half the games because you were the player coach <laughs> so you were you were fouling out and getting ejected for our oh game. no this this is different than me coaching this was my one year of because I, I didn't make the basketball team in middle school and I somehow made it in high school uh, man we need picks it was I need picks of time. you and your in your suit that's yeah, what I want to see you coaching and your buddy, the kids clowns I want that picture well, so you were in high school you were coaching where, where over at West Austin Youth right mm-hmm. and so you were coaching kids and you wore a suit to every game did you have the beard then yes I've yeah I had the beard I, <laughs> oh, I love this uh, dude I need a we need a picture on the on uh, I'm the, sure the I have Twitter. one somewhere please uh, yeah it's good stuff <laughs> I love that so much it just reminds me of like uh 
you know, what, what's the movie? The Wedding Crashers or something. The, the, this, the two guys. I could be you guys the coaching kids. this team. I tell you what, <laughs> the, the kids, they loved. They, I still have kids that were on that team come up to me and see me around town, and they'll be like, hey, Ty, like, you were my coach when I was in those the are my, fifth grade. Those are my favorite coaches growing up, man, were when we had, like, people who were, like, the, you know, the juniors or seniors in high school, and they were so much fun. We had the, we had the best time. All right, so uh, give back, everyone. Give back, coach. So, coach the youth. Is the statute of limitations over? Right. I mean, I think you're clear. Are you clear now? I mean, that seems like it's more than five years. Yeah. Ago. I mean, it wasn't. It was more the head coach. I was the assistant coach. It was more on him, and I was kind of just guilty by association. Um, oh, he was kicked out of the fault. arena. I had to take over. I. I and then I, I continued to argue. Were you drunk? With referees. No. Were no. you Were you drunk like shooter? Probably got drunk after, but not during. <laughs> Deep Eddie's so close to that. So. No, that was before the Deep Eddie days. It was, oh, nice. it was high school. Before the Deep Eddie days. Okay, so there's some, some hijinks and some fun. I, I, did, I never coached. I mean, I was around kids my whole life, but I did, uh, I did umpire. Oh, I did wow. umpire. Yeah, I thought that was a good idea. and I, I did that for a little while. That was enough for me. And God bless it. If you if if you ever yell at refs, you need to go do it yourself for yeah, a little bit. And I sure. think once you once you actually sit, like sit in their shoes, it gives you. It Being really an umpire, I was an umpire as well. It was so boring. I, I that was the most boring also, summer of my life. It's hard, man. Like, and everybody's yelling. Even like volunteering, running a scoreboard at a game, or doing something oh like gosh. that. People screaming at you the whole time. You're like, what? It is. I mean, people are intense. I get it, but it's like it is. It, the, the, most of those, the guys refing games, they're not making a ton of money. The funny thing is, my brother's like, I think he's the head of the uh, Westlake Youth Soccer. All their officials, and and so it's so funny. Uh, but but he actually probably yells at refs more than I do, but just because he knows exactly, he knows every rule of every sport. He's hilarious. He's like really funny. We couldn't be more opposite. He is a very he's a lawyer, very straight laced, but he's a very good official. That's good. I mean, I he coaches. I, I mean, refs high school. Listen, my son uh, played baseball through you know high school, and so you're going to all these tournaments. I would everybody thought I was an ass because I would sit in the stands with my headphones in. I was listening to music. I couldn't listen to the moms and the people, yeah, yelling and just even on our team. Like, who don't know anything about what they're talking about. So it was music. And I'd hang out afterwards. We'd go have dinner and drinks and stuff and be nice. But during the game, I couldn't do it. I, I had to kind of move away and, and listen to my music and just not really pay attention to it, uh, or else it would just drive me crazy. The Wesley yeah. games. But are, I would ever forget my headphones, it was the worst. For, for parents, the Wesley games have to – that's like the, the – Oh, my the gosh. Week. It's like a party. They're all wasted. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, did you ever hear back from Todd Dodge, by the way, Ty? We were going to try to get to Coach Dodge and see if he'll talk about that Westlake Lake Travis game coming up. Always good to check in with Coach. But, you know, co they're so involved at Westlake, Coach, Coach Dodge would have like a Monday or Tuesday luncheon. The booster club. Like where all the booster the club and the moms meeting? would. Westlake quarterback quarterback meeting. The quarterback club. Yeah. So smart. They still do that down at Rudy's or wherever? <laughs> yep, every Monday. Coach every Salazar Monday. now, though. Coach, oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And it's like all the moms. They all show up, and they're all asking questions and grilling the coach. And why are you doing that? And why are you doing that? It's awesome. That's that's kind of how I got roped into coaching. I was sitting at my nephew's game when he was in, I think, fifth grade, when their fifth or sixth grade team. And they had a, a poor guy coaching who'd never – they, they just didn't – he was just a teacher that didn't know any – he'd never even – he didn't even watch basketball, but he was their coach. And uh, I was sitting in the crowd, and – and someone walked over and he was like, you need to coach and blah, blah, blah. Cause they, they knew I'd coached high school. And I, and I was like, Oh yeah. Well, I was like, let me know if he needs help. And that mom got up during the game, walked over to the athletic director, pointed at me. And then the athletic director was like, you want to do this? And, and I, I was like, well, I'm happy to help. I don't want to step on that guy's toes. And then they asked him at halftime and he was like, 
please God help me. <laughs> so take it. Take I, started, it from me. I started coaching at halftime of that game. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we'll come back. I want to get your thoughts since you do the do the in addition to being here with us and everything else you do, Austin Music Movement and uh, Clark Field Creative. You also do a podcast with uh, Royal Ivy and DJ Augustine called The Brotherhood. I want to get your thoughts on uh, what they're saying about this Texas basketball team, what you think their ceiling is. We saw them last night, kind of an up-and-down performance for the Longhorns at Moody Center. They brought out against Texas State to 25-4 to lead. Then they went ice cold. And by early second half, Texas State was leading the game by four points. Texas pulled away one by 19. Um, but, you know, kind of one of those hey, under underwhelming performances. But I want to talk to you about that. Max Aceman's had 26. But um, you t- said something earlier I think is, is interesting for Longhorn fans to think about as this team evolves uh, with all the new players, and they're still waiting on my, the guy that might be their best player. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Also, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain one more time. We'll talk Texas football. It's championship, it's a championship Friday, Big 12 Championship Friday edition of uh, Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, getting you uh, into your Friday. If you're making your way up to Big D, come see us this afternoon, 4 to 7, over at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue. Of course, Terry has a great spot down in downtown right there on Barton Springs. Also a uh, great spot in Lockhart right down uh, the road here from where I'm at. And then, you know, Terry Black not only has the one in downtown Dallas, there's one, I, I don't know if it's open yet, in Fort Worth. Terry Black's opening a location right off of, uh, you've been up in Waco, the Chip and JoJo Magnolia Complex. I've never, I've never been. My sister-in-law went to Baylor, so she, she tells me I need to go there. But. That, that, they have built some kind of, uh, some kind of operation there. Chip and Diana, Chip and JoJo, Diana, Chip and JoJo <laughs> or Chip and whatever, Gaines. Jo- jo- Joanna. Joanna, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, but it's amazing. Like like when we when we have family come in from Ohio or somewhere and they want to make a, a, a trip up to Mecca like how far is Waco I'm like eh, it's about a hundred miles we gotta go we gotta go I, I, <laughs> so, well, I mean uh, props to them they really did. oh and they, it's first they, class I mean the they place reinvigorated is awesome. Waco like they did a great job like that it, it, and it helped change a lot of the perception of Waco well, between that and McLean Stadium and uh, all the upgrades it, it's a nice little thing because Waco's a dump but it, it has that you know. It's become a destination location because of that. Well, Terry Black is opening one there too, yeah. uh, right off of uh, Magnolia, right in downtown Waco. But uh, I don't think that's open till till this coming summer. But the one we'll be at is on, on in Deep Ellum, right there on South Main Street. We'll be there. Now I want to thank our friends at Hayes City Store and Ice House and Taste on Main as being our travel partners, helping us get up there. You hear the messages all morning long. Um, you know, check out Taste on Main if you haven't. If you're looking for a great restaurant, steak, seafood. East Coast oysters, great bar, great uh, indoor-outdoor. The cool thing about Taste, if you want a great steak, you don't have to go into downtown and fight parking and uh, dark steakhouse. Uh, Taste is cool, casual, I need to indoor, go there. Outdoor. It's, not, it's not far from, from my no, house. Love it. Travis and Tamara do a great job. Like, and they have the, the, at Taste, if it's like a day like this, a beautiful day, you can sit outside and they have like a treehouse bar area where you can eat, watch football. Uh, it's right in downtown, charming little downtown Buda. Really a cool spot. Or get out to Hay City Store, a nice house. They're uh, bringing us, are making, or there are travel partners up there. And, of course, my friend Richard Strever and the team at One Source Gas. Uh, One Source Gas of Central Texas, your uh, compressed gas provider here in Central Texas. Richard and his team online at onesourcegasatx.com. All right, before we go behind the burn orange curtain one more time, I wanted to ask you about uh, the Texas basketball team. You do do the Brotherhood podcast with uh, DJ and Royale. And, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, I think it's fair to say. They're 6-1. and one. 
Um, and and the, the weird part is Dylan DeSue, when he does come back, you know, he's going to be a focal point of their team. So it's kind of one of those, they're kind of, but, but how do you do that? How do you make Dylan, when, when Dylan, if you remember Dylan DeSue last year, folks, and was the key for Texas winning the Big 12 tournament, um, you know, making the run to the Elite Eight and darn near the Final Four. And it was, you know, but you know it's all Ty's fault that they didn't make the Final Four because Ty was ordering Final Four tickets at halftime for that <laughs> game and completely jinxing the whole situation. Uh, so that's on Ty. Tell me, hand up. <laughs> hand up. Uh, so, but Dylan DeSue was the key, right? And you kind of feel like Rodney Terry would like to get back to that where kind of the offense runs through Dylan and his ability to post up and do things in the, in the paint. But you can't do that right now. So you're kind of, you know, going small and trying to figure out what – so that's a challenge for Rodney Terry right now. Yeah, I think they're 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 still figuring out their identity, and 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 it takes a while, right? It, you can't. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Teams just don't come together instantly. And especially, you can only do so much in practice playing the same guys every day. So, so getting out there, playing the games, you start to understand who you are. You start to figure out who you are. And so they're, they're still they're doing that real time. And that's the transfer portal era. We're going to keep seeing this. And, uh, and I think a lot of these other teams had a lot more returning starter type people and so we've we've had to kind of fill it in and figure it out but i think the the interesting thing is right now you almost either play small or you play pretty big with with whether that's shedrick onyema mitchell whoever it is but i think that when you get a desu back you start to have a lot more of that inside out game right you've got a focal point down low that can score and he he proved to be a scoring machine inside the paint yeah i mean he was unstoppable and imagine that when somebody doubles him and you can kick that ball out to Max Acemus, you can kick that ball out to Tyrese, you can kick that ball out to Ethel Horton. Like that, that, that team's going to become a very different team. And they're a lot scarier than two, but, but props to them for already trying to figure out that, but it's almost like you have two different seasons and, you know, and who knows, maybe, I mean, Dylan, I, I'm pretty sure Dylan's going to be back. I, the things I've heard are good, but you never know. So it's like you've got to figure out your identity. And, it's, and he's it, still battling that foot injury that knocked him out of the tournament. So that's what still is the problem, right? Yeah, that's, it's a, I mean, those, I guess those injuries are pretty lingering. So. Yeah, it feels like it. Uh, so uh, that Brotherhood podcast, B-R-U-T-H. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. And by the way, that's going to be now featured on the Inside Texas, uh, on the Texas channel on YouTube, which is pretty cool. Uh, glad to have you over there. We're, we're, Rod and I are doing a lot of work with Inside Texas as well, and those great people, Bobby and Jerry and the whole crew at Inside Texas. Yeah, we're, ex- we're excited to be a part of that. And we, we, well, it's uh, going to be a fun basketball season. I mean, the game next Wednesday night, Marquette, uh, that'll be a huge challenge. Shaka Smart has the third-ranked team in the country. Just had a great run at the Maui Invitational, throttled Kansas. Uh, so that'll be the challenge next week. That's the Longhorns' next game. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, we know the Big 12 – I mean, that'll come at be, you fast. It's going to be a gauntlet. And uh, our favorite, we had, a, uh, we were talking about it before we went on uh, recording last night, our favorite comment from On Texas Football. We had a lot of nice, positive feedback, but we are on the On Texas Football channel. And the first comment said, I wish this was football. <laughs> and that's my favorite comment of all. <laughs> well, you also host the uh, Third and Longhorn podcast, too. Can we go behind the burnt orange curtain and uh, talk some Texas football? And they were all asking themselves the same question. What 
is behind that curtain. All right, so uh, Longhorns, as we sit here this morning, let me check the very latest line like it matters, but the Longhorns are a heavy favorite in the Big 12 title game tomorrow, uh, 11 a.m. kick. Come see us out at Jay Gilligan's in downtown Arlington. I told you yesterday I talked to Randy Randy Ford, who's the owner of Jay Gilligan's, and he is a good old dude. He also wanted me to tell everybody out there that his cell phone number is on the website. If you want to call him and talk to him, call him. Love that. He's a good dude. Um, and he said, man, I, I never met Jerry Jones, but if I ever meet Jerry Jones, I'm going to give him a big hug. He built that stadium about two miles from my building. <laughs> awesome. And I've done very well because of him. Uh, that, they have the shuttle service, so make sure you're, you're making your plan. As we sit here this morning at oddsshark.com, Texas is a 15-point favorite now. 15 is the number. This thing opened at, uh, what, 10, 9, 9 and a half, 10? It's up to 15, uh, over under 55 uh, as far as the total goes. So um, not expecting a super close game. Uh, and it, it, the Longhorns, if they play anywhere close to the Texas Tech game, can make it this, right? They can, they can, they can throttle this team if, if they bring it. But we, we know this team at times has not brought it all the time. Uh, yeah, agreed. And and uh, we all know how anytime that spread keeps going up, it, it, it that's when I start to start to get more nervous before the game because we all know how we are with the spread. So Texas and the spread are not are not uh, super fun. But I yeah, I, it, we'll we'll see. Uh, and I, yeah, I think uh, I, I think we have to take care of business, right? And and we can't have it's exactly it's ex- uh, exactly what Sam said earlier. We cannot have that moment where we give Oklahoma State hope, right? Like, and, that, and I mean, that was part of the problem against OU. We came out and threw a pick on the first drive. And OU was like, we're here. We're going to come, come, like, you know, punch you in the mouth. And, and they did. And I think that, that caught us off guard. So we just need to come out strong and, and do what we do. And hopefully it looks, it looks more like the Tech game than any of the others. <laughs> All right. So uh, here's some good audio. Now, you, this was you with uh, Fozzie Whitaker. Is that right? Yeah. So this was the, the episode. This will come out uh, actually today. It'll be out today. This we, is the third and Longhorn of yeah, the podcast you do. So go ahead, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So we have, we have this is the one with uh, this this episode has Derek Johnson, Alex Okafor, Jeremy Hills, and we had a, a special guest uh, Fozzie Whitaker on this one, and uh, and Fozzie had some great stuff to say about answering people's uh, doubts about Texas. can't finish mm-hmm. well they just proved that they can do that or mm-hmm. this team start off slow in the first half then all of a sudden they put together touchdowns in the second half well they mm-hmm. showed they can do it in the first and the second half oh this team ain't played a complete football game well they scored on offense they scored on defense and scored on special teams yep. that's where the maturation of this team has gone and i think that's what i'm truly impressed with where they are because like dj said they are peaking at the right time and that's what you want to be doing this late in the season there you go Peaking at the right time. They certainly are. And, um, you know, that, and that, look, those are the people that are, are they peaking or are they just play Texas Tech and Texas? But remember, Texas Tech was a, they're a six-win bowl-eligible team who started one and three, and they had won three in a row. Who lost to Oregon by eight, by really one point. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, and, of course, they changed their, what their MO is, and their MO, you know, kind of goes along with what Tech. This is why I think people are looking at this, why that line's going up is people looked at the, the Tech game and thinks, okay, well, they used to throw the ball around a lot with Tyler Shuck, and Tyler Shuck would run, and they had a running quarterback who could throw and spread you out, kind of the air raid principles with Zach Kitley. That wasn't working, and then Shuck got hurt. So 
they're, they've gone to a ground and pound kind of, uh, you know, running game, even if they're not great at it with Taj Brooks. Well, that plays right into Texas's hands. I mean, and, and this is what Oklahoma State did. Oklahoma State, what happened to them when they were 2-2? Two and two, and as Sam, Sam Mays said last hour, it was just stupid how bad they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, he said it's stupid that they're in the Big 12 title game as bad as they were in September uh, <laughs> because they were really bad because it was hot garbage. And, uh, you know, you know the, the South Alabama loss they took in September was the worst home loss the last 13 years. Uh, and you're losing to a Sunbelt team. But what, what the change was, obviously, was settling on a quarterback in Alan Bowman as he said, you know, giving up on the RPO game, the run-pass option game, and going to some just traditional power football, running the ball, and letting Ollie, cutting Ollie Gordon loose. Well, that plays right into Texas. I mean, Texas, you'd be, you'd be scarier to Texas if you did the RPO game and threw the ball around a lot, right? Uh, so this does feel like – but you know Mike Gundy can kind of veer back into that, but they, they don't have extra time for this game. Uh, they've got to – I mean, they, they had to come from behind to play an overtime game in the rain to beat BYU – you kind of feel like Texas with an extra day will be the fresher team, and uh, you know they got revenge on their mind. I just it just feels like there's I think that's why this this line continues to rise. People are gaining more confidence in Texas. Yeah, that's fair. Hey Ty, how you feeling on this game? I haven't talked to you about it in a couple couple of, a couple little bit here. Are you still feeling uh, very very uh, positive about this, or what's going on? Complete and utter domination. Complete and utter. <laughs> Domination. I'm gonna text you today when I start feeling doubtful. I always get I always get a little doubtful the night before. <laughs> All right, I'll be there for you. you. Yeah, be there for me. Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> Tell me I'm pretty. Get a little insecure. <laughs> Tell me you know rub my back a little bit. Tell me I'm okay. Uh, you know we'll we'll see we'll see where it goes. This is uh, so. How can we get around the blackout on Cave View tomorrow and watch the game in our homes? Okay, well I mean Drew Sanders, the uh, right hand, the assistant AD there uh, at, at Texas says. ESPN3 or the ESPN app will have it. Um, you can go get an antenna at Best Buy. Those antennas are like 20 bucks. They're flat. They're super easy, and they're small, too. And where do you plug them into? Right they're into just, the back? Right in the back. They, they still have the antenna port. Even on your fancy new TVs? Yeah. I, I, I figured it out because uh, for a second, I was during pandemic, I decided I didn't want to pay for pay for cable but uh but yeah it still works nice yeah that is the 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 breaking news story of the morning if you're looking for one is that uh, abc affiliate here in austin and i heard it was down in houston it's k channel 11 khou somebody mentioned that but that doesn't impact this game that could impact the uh i think that would be the uh sec championship game uh so get your antenna you know call your cable provider it's a nuisance it's a pain in the butt uh, or go get youtube uh, i've got the youtube ticket package which is pretty good uh, but that would be the answers for you. And, that, and as I've said all morning, don't be surprised. Don't wake, you know, don't not watch TV today or tonight and then wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, my gosh, where's my game? And you're scrambling to find a way. Go to your neighbor's house. Hey, <laughs> because they're not going to have it either, potentially. Now, if they have, it, you know, if they have Spectrum or something else, they're going to have it. Uh, so find that. That's your, that's your alternative to it uh, as we get this thing cranking up. Uh, for the top of the hour, we get to some what's popping. Uh, we'll also, uh, by the way, that podcast you did with uh, Fozzie. Fozzie's really good. In- incredible like i he he you had more with Fozzie before. i mean no i mean i've obviously seen him on longhorn network i'd, I'd watched him play but i at, back in the day but i had not i never sat there with him and so to watch to watch like how he prepped to listen to to all the you know he had all his statistics ready to go he had everything ready to go it was very professional and uh and uh, i was talking to uh jeremy hills who's on that podcast as well and and jeremy was talking about 
uh, how blown away he was by how much you had to do to be on the air. And I think that's what what people don't get about what you do, E, and what what Rod does or what any of these people do is the prep. And actually, DJ talked about it yesterday on our podcast because he was thinking he wanted to go into – they have I guess they have a program in the NBA when you're done that they teach you how to – you know how to how, if if you want to try to become an on-air personality, they go through it. And he he's he was like, I had no idea how much work went into that, and it took me a quick second, and I decided I didn't want to do it. And so I think he, you you see somebody like that, and 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 you're pretty blown away at all the prep. And Alex Okafor and Derek Johnson are that way too. It's really impressive to me, and I always feel like an idiot because I'm like, man, I, I I thought I prepared, and these guys know ten million times more than I do. It's the story of my life. Story of my life. Well, <laughs> man, it's 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 been the story of my life. You know, surround yourself. With good people yep. you know what i'm saying uh do your work but then surround yourself with good people uh by the way can i just show you I, this is really disturbing i'm not kidding you about this so texas has embraced the hate right uh apparently up in stillwater they're they're doing something called texas hate week this week and here's a video on, on a twitter account called barstool pokes oh i saw this apparently one of the fraternities they, they, have they killed a steer i think they did oh it's horrible and it's out front of the sorority house or yeah. the fraternity house. Well, they just put a twenty-two in its head, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh, no. There's a, I mean, they they've got the. I mean, they're pulling the the, the the animal is dead, laying in there in front of their fraternity house, and it's got big longhorns, and it's it's clearly there. Uh, they're picking up the horns. That is that is ridiculous. Seems like a waste That's... of a few thousand bucks there. Yeah. Well, it's just, just, it's just I mean, why? cows die every day. It's, it's not. Well, come on! You, 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 you don't kill cows every no, day. No, but you, you mean, don't you don't torture them as long as the animal wasn't tortured. That's pretty way. Oklahoma State. Pretty pretty, pretty aggy. It's of ridiculous. Them. It's ridiculous. It's uh, um, way over the top. And let's hope uh, you know proper justice is served with that. Um, come on. Yeah, that's horrible. And as a correction, I did see that this this tweet about Danny Stutzman has been deleted. So who knows if that was actually real? Oh, early in the was, morning we were talking about yeah, maybe Danny just Stutzman to, just was to entering the portal. That. Yeah, we didn't we didn't ever say that was a fact, but we just seen that a, few, uh, a couple accounts were posting that. So. Somebody just said, "Hold up, will I have the game on Directv?" No, you will not. No, you will not. Well, again, it, it, it depend. I mean, no. If you watch if you if you watch ABC on Directv through your local you know channel twenty four KVU, you will not have it. They're in a dispute right now. Uh, this says uh, antennas are not working for Caveview either. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, right now, mine worked. Mine worked this week. I don't know why. Well, that, yeah. That's just a text, and so I can't verify that. But uh, and by the way, if you have more details on that uh, steer situation up in uh, Stillwater, let us know. That is just horrible. Uh, hate seeing that. That's just stupid. Come on, man. Come on. I mean, it reminds me, dude, the thing that initially pops in my head is the kids at Lake Travis that, you know, kid had a peanut allergy and, you know, loaded his locker up with peanuts. Uh, it's just, it's cruel. Uh, and it's, you know, borderline sociopathic. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a, this, these are people. People, it's a game. well, and it's a steer. You, you kill this thing so you can make a point about the Longhorns? It's a game. What, what happened on. to pooping in somebody's locker? Yeah, so pooping poop in a locker. A good old joke. Come on, Frank, man. Exactly. You know, good old fashioned <laughs> hazing. Exactly. <laughs> Little what would what, you call it when you put when you the swirly, do the swirly oh, in the yeah. toilet. You know what I mean? Back in the day. All right, we'll come back. What's popping? Uh, we'll wrap up the uh, the fabulous fifth hour, the twenty fifth hour of this show this week. But still more coverage coming your way. We'll tell you about it coming back on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rodby. The Horn Text Line has moved. 
Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the Horn. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip, just hopped I got options. I can pass that like stocking. Just joshing. I'm spending this holiday life. People are learning of the uh, dispute with KB24 and ABC and DirecTV. He says, well, now I know what I'm not doing tomorrow. Thanks, DirecTV. Uh, several people did say they're watching KB right now with their HD antenna. So it does work on HD. So just to continue to provide some guidance where we can, you know, get the word out. So uh, find a way tomorrow. If you are like me, a DirecTV subscriber or AT&T U-verse, you're going to have to find a plan to watch the game on ABC at 11 o'clock tomorrow. So, so somebody, several of you are at home with your HD antenna watching The View. Awesome. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched a, uh, you know, more than 10 seconds of a View episode, but that's okay. To each his own. Uh, you gotta, maybe you got to get your, your, your Hoda and Jenna in in the morning. Got to get Hoda and Jenna going. I, I couldn't even tell you who's on there. You know, Jenna Bush, you know, George. You know, Is she on w- The View? Yeah. Well, no, she's on a show called Hoda and Jenna. Oh, oh okay. Uh, it follows the Today Show on NBC. Oh. She's quite the rising star there. You know what I'm saying? I did not know that. Okay. Hey, by the way, you told me what, what's popping. What's popping? Can I give a little shout-out to Jordan Whittington? Because you told me something. It was so cool to see Jay Witt have the big game last week against Tech. And you said you've been around him quite a bit with uh, NIL, and there's not a better person. I was looking at some uh, – was it you that had the audio about him giving up his number? Uh, t- well, it was Tavon- Tavondre. Or, no, I'm sorry. It was uh, – uh, Gosh, uh, Alex Okafor's podcast. Yeah, Alex Okafor, we had this week talk about his Behind the Face Mask podcast. And in it, Jordan Whittington admits that when Cedric Baxter came, he had already known that Cedric Baxter essentially was coming out of high school was C4, right? Was his kind of moniker, CB4 or whatever. And so almost like willingly, Jordan Whittington gave him the number, the number four. Because we always talk about why does Jordan Whittington keep changing his number? And I heard the piece of audio. I was like, gosh, what a super good guy. Like, well, he goes, you know, no, he already had that as a deal. I knew that could be kind of an NIL thing for him, and it didn't mean anything to me. So I, I went to 13. Yeah, he, he is that. He's that person. And uh, he actually – the funny thing was is Higgs asked him – Mark Higgins, who I work with at Clarkfield Creative, asked him about it earlier in the year, and he said the same thing. He was just like and, – and Higgs kind of said that same thing. He's like, you know people charge like 100 or 80K for that in the – in the NFL. NFL, and he was like, "Yeah, man, but it doesn't mean anything to me." <laughs> and like, and and so like, it was just, it just, it, it was. He knew it meant something important to Cedric Baxter, and it didn't mean anything to him. So give it up. Yeah, and they're both. And said is said is such a sweet kid. Like he is, he's an awesome, awesome guy. And so I think, I think, uh, Jay Will was just kind of like, "Hey, that this, you know, this is important to you, and it's not that big a deal to me." So here you go. Yeah, C four. Pretty cool. But he, and he's a great leader, and, and he, we've seen it. And I've, every time he makes a catch and a great play, it just makes me so happy because you know all that he's gone through and all he's worked for. And, I mean, if, if you're like me, you remember back to when he was playing with Cuero in that state championship. Oh, and doing I've never everything. seen anything like that. Like, that guy that guy destroyed every record. And, and he's but, – but, yeah, just a, well, we, uh, people use that too much of better human than athlete and stuff like that, but Jay Witt is that. Well, uh, props to him and to this team because they had Roshan and Bijan last year. Now they got this and T, T Sweat and all these guys that are just you know, as good a, good a people as they are players, and that's why it's an easy team to root for uh, to get a Big 12 championship tomorrow. I'd also say this, that uh, um, the 
What was I going to say about the, the C4? No, never mind. Oh, okay. uh, all right, here's what's popping, too. Uh, in addition to the college football championship weekend, tonight, 7 o'clock, Oregon-Washington, Pac-12 champions. Oregon now up to a 10-point favorite in this game. It's being played in paradise in, in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. They're playing in Vegas uh, in the, in the, just off the, the strip there. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun in Vegas. Also, of course, tonight you've got uh, New Mexico State. Can we just say what a job Jerry Kill has done? You know how hard it is to win at New Mexico State? Ten games at New Mexico State. I didn't know they'd won ten. Wow. New Mexico State, that's one of the best coaching jobs in America this year. They're going to play Liberty tonight in the uh, conference championship game there. First game of the day tomorrow is Texas and Oklahoma State. Uh, Ty, do you have a pick pick of the week, Uh, Sex Panther pick of the weekend, or it's all domination for the Longhorns, I'm assuming? Uh, I'll take Washington plus ten. Washington plus ten. Sounds good. My man. Longhorns, you feeling 15, or is that too heavy? I like the under, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but I like it. The under is 55. 55. Take it. Smash it. Okay. Smash it. Uh, okay. By the way, Ty, I saw where the uh, Rangers not popping might be out of the Shohei Otani sweeps picks if they were ever in it. Well, uh, we won without them, so it doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, according to Jeff Passan, Otani is expected to sign a contract that will surge well beyond $500 million. Because one the other things that heat up here in the month of December is the baseball hot stove. But, but Passan says that the Rangers, Red Sox, and Mets – who are among the initial group of surgers have turned their attention to other players because it doesn't sound like they're going to be considered. Does that mean he's going to end up on the north side of Chicago? Dodgers are the heavy favorites. Oh, really? Dodgers, okay. Cubs, Blue Jays, Angels, according to the passing. Dodgers, Cubs, Blue Jays, or returning to the Angels. Blue Jays, that's interesting. Yeah, I can't see that one happening. All right. Hey, Nick, thanks so much, bud. Uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend. Uh, find the Brotherhood podcast, the Third and Longhorn podcast, the Austin Music Movement, all those things. And uh, I'm heading to Arlington. Come see us at Terry Black's Bar- Barbecue. Actually, I'm heading to Dallas. Be at Terry Black's Barbecue on South, uh, South Main Street today over in Deep Ellen. Come see us 4 to 7. Jay Gilligan's coming up on Saturday morning.